Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 9 to 9 30 thank you to our loyal listeners for joining us this saturday morning or maybe you're joining us by podcast and in case you need to know where to get that simply go to our website at coastalwm.com and click on the radio icon to listen to last week and the week before, and oh, I don't know, five years ago, stories about entrepreneurship and leadership here in the Low Country. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox. We have a full studio this morning, so we got a little party going we on. We really do. A full house today. Very full house. Uh, Byron Stahl, glad to be here. And, and what's I, your name again? I know, it's been I'm a while. I forgot your co-host. name. What's your name? <laughs> and I'm Leslie Haywood. Thank you so much for sharing your Saturday morning with us. I am sorry I have missed you guys. Um, glad to be back. We're glad to have you. Hopefully, you have been enjoying your summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a great summer. Yes, so yeah. far so good. I can't believe. No, I got one more, one more little getaway before school starts. So, uh, and that's what I can't believe. School starts like we yeah, are. Here we are, what, mid, late July, running out of real estate yeah. and schools. I mean, it, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, I'll be gone for one more week, and then we come back and schedule pick up and get right back to it. So, Leslie, I know you, you probably know this answer, but now that the summer's winding down, mm-hmm. dog days are over, mm-hmm. we're starting to think about that next phase. What's everybody excited about? What's next? What's next? Your Christmas. favorite. No. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you skipped a few steps. Your favorite. The foosball? The foosball, yeah. <laughs> I've already heard devil. people talking about football coming up. Isn't that uh, yes. great? So. No, it is. And I'm, it now that Madison, my daughter, is getting, you know, she's a junior this year, so we're we're hardcore looking at colleges now. So now you're interested now, in football. Yeah, yeah, now that's good. I'm like, all right. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Well, glad to have you back. And uh, Byron and I had the pleasure over the last couple of weeks of having Mr. Martin Rolla from Sapiens Automation here in the studio. Uh, again, another great uh, show. Martin brought it. Brought uh, some great information and knowledge just on you know, entrepreneurship, starting that from scratch and the niche that they serve. Uh, Byron, what was a good takeaway you had from his show? I think probably my first. It was a great show, so please go back and listen to it on our podcast, you know, on our website. But Martin Rollo, um, my biggest takeaway was all the love he gave Charleston. He used the term "magnet city" when talking about Charleston, what it brings, and what a you know fostering business community we have here between the ports and what that's done for his business. Uh, between all the colleges and the talent that he's able to bring into his business from those institutions, he just talked about you know what Charleston's done in the past ten years. It's incredible. Yeah, and he uh, he really uh, they have identified and built out a niche. And you talk about successful businesses really getting into a niche. They really do serve that in terms of uh, the robotic side. Uh, you know, they not only go in and help install them, but they do a great job of keeping them up to date. And you don't think about the ongoing maintenance on, from that perspective. And so uh, just, you know, again, neat stuff. Talked about uh, the average um, time CEO stays on after a merger acquisitions around 18 months. Just some great business nuggets. So 
Again, if you did happen to miss Martin's show, you get a second chance at it. Go to our website, coastalwm.com. Click on the radio icon, and you can listen to, to uh, Martin's last couple of weeks. And as always, we're going to turn the page. Yeah, let's do it. Who do we have here today, well, Eric? We've got a, a, a duo here today. So uh, we're getting attacked from all angles. Like I said, we got a full studio, so we're excited. Uh, today we have the fellows from over at Renew Urban and uh, Andy Meehouse and uh, Mark Regal Budo. Budo, I can't say that, here in the studio this morning. <laughs> First of all, fellas, welcome this Saturday morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. And yeah. uh, we don't often get the chance to have two owners in the room at the same time, so we're going to go back and forth. We're going to hit this hard and fast. Uh, but before we dive in and hear all about you guys, tell us a little bit about your company, Renew Urban, that's here in Charleston and what you do. Go ahead, Andy. No, it's, this is all you. See, look yeah, at this. What a great partner. <laughs> right? no, no, I mean, just <laughs> so great. Look, I mean, what we started out as and what we are today are really two different things. So we're going to go through that whole story. Okay, but, but what we are... Quick 20-second commercial, what you do. We build things. We build really beautiful, handcrafted, bespoke product um, for discerning customers. And we're blessed. Uh, we have an amazing team, so we do both high-end residential, very historic residential product, and historic commercial product. Um, so that's, a, we think, a, a bit of a rarity. And um, we've got a good team, and that's what we do. Certainly in the right city for it. And if you ever go downtown driving in downtown Charleston, I'm sure you've seen their signs all over the place, Renew Urban. But anyways, uh, Andy and Mark, as you know, this show is called Beyond the Business. So we're going to go back to the origins, the very beginning. Why don't you both tell us where you grew up? And what was family life like? Uh, so I guess uh, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. This is Andy, by the way. Um, grew up in a family. Um, Try to not make this so boring. Um, my grandfather uh, was in um, concrete and steel, and uh, they built freeways and bridges in Texas. And, uh, and they have a lot of them out there. Yeah, they have a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> And ironically enough, when I graduated um, college, um, my father, you know, I asked my father, I said, hey, well, I have the opportunity to come work for you. And he said, well, maybe uh, you're going to have to go through the same process everybody else does. You're going to have to go through the interview process. So I went through the interview process. He calls me a week later and he said some not so pleasant things. And he said, you didn't get the job. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he said, uh, you know, good luck doing whatever you're going to go do and hung up the phone. <gasps> and that was it. So um, uh, it, it kind of meandered into law enforcement after that. And then after law enforcement, I retore my ACL and um, got called by a friend who had a commercial catastrophe company that was really nationwide. And uh, he said, what are you doing with your life? I said, well, I'm sitting on the couch with a broken leg right now. And he said, well, why don't you come work for me? Sight unseen. And um, I went to work for him and that was it. All right. And uh, Mark, give us a little background on your sure. upbringing. Where are you from? Well, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. to a uh, second generation Italian immigrant who became an FBI agent, my father. Um, and my mother and a registered nurse, um, both wonderful, loving people. I'm an only child, so I had a lot of attention, though they didn't spoil me. Um, and uh, anybody that knows an FBI family, you move around a little bit. So we bounced around a little bit um, while my dad um, 
rose through the ranks of the FBI, but landed back in D.C., where I spent uh, junior high and high school. Loved it. Uh, didn't really realize at the time, uh, you know, that I was in the seat of world power and, you know, just all the things I was exposed to, right? It was great. Uh, I was very influenced by my aunt, who is my um, father's sister, who is a big interior designer in Washington, D.C. at the time, um, and uh, really loved what she did, loved her, hung out with her a fair bit. Um, ended up uh, going to University of South Carolina, where I didn't do well at all. Um, school's never really been my thing. Um, was a was a poli-sci major. And um, kind of an interesting story. I was a intern at both SLED and the South Carolina DNR because I, like Andy, I thought law enforcement, FBI was where I was going to go. Other cousins too, or agents, whatever. And so um, uh, quickly discovered upon graduation that that doesn't think what I wanted to do. But during my time in college, I met Senator Thurman. And um, he said to me, when you graduate, come to Washington, I'll give you a job. Yeah, who knows where, you know, I didn't think much of that. Get home. One day, my dad's going in to work in FBI J. Griffith Buildings down Pennsylvania Avenue, right from Capitol Hill. I said, Dad, I'm going to go into work with you. I didn't have a tie, so I borrowed one of my dad's ties. And I went to Capitol Hill, and I walked in 217 Russell Senate Office Building. And I said, my name is Mark whatever here, and... I don't know if it's true, but the senator said he might have a job for me, so I thought I'd ask. Amazingly, within 30 minutes, uh, his chief of staff, Duke Short, walked out. We had a nice chat. 45 minutes after that, I am in the Dirksen office building in a hole in the ground because the senator was the the, uh, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee. And he pointed to the desk. He said, that's yours. I called my dad because I didn't have a cell phone. And I said, hey, I got a job. I'll figure out how to get home. And it was amazing. And that was my uh, start um, when the senator left to help save the Navy base, Mm -hmm. right? He went to armed services. And um, they moved me up to constituent service just to buy some time. Because now I don't have a job, right? But honestly, the the staff was awesome. And they said, what do you want to do? Well, I had been working on the crime bill. And um, frankly, I love the folks from the NRA. They were not what everybody had said. They were amazing. I loved them. They were thoughtful. Uh, And I said, you know, I really wouldn't mind going to the NRA. Well, I got an interview. I got a job. And the next thing you know, I was working at 1600 Rhode Island Avenue with the NRA. And it was a phenomenal experience. And... uh, it kind of went that way and um, had a life-changing kind of epiphany. You know, you're in the fight every day. Decided to move to Charleston. I met a great Southern girl. Moved to Charleston. Um, I did. Uh, I ended up working for Beretta, which is an Italian firearms company doing PR consulting work. And um, in another crazy twist of fate, I met Senator Glenn McConnell and Warren Lash. And they hired me to do the PR for the Hunley. And so Advent Media Group with my partner at the time, Bobby Bostick, we did all that, all those employees, friends of the Hunley, everything was us, right? And um, that was a, 
amazing event. It was just an amazing, amazing event. Um, so let me ask you guys yeah. a question for both of you. When, yeah, when you reflect yeah. back to sort of childhood and early age schooling, um, you know, it sounded like both of you were thinking about law enforcement and FBI and this and that. Did the idea or concept of entrepreneurship ever cross your mind? Never. <laughs> and we, we kind of have this debate about like nature versus nurture. Right? Are you born with it? Do you grow into it? And uh, it's kind of neat to hear backgrounds of like, w- you know, when did the seed of entrepreneurship really develop? And uh, so for you, Andy, it wasn't at a young age. Mark, how about you? It, it came later when I was frustrated with not being able to affect change so, in my so not life. Not at a young age. Not right. at a long age. Cool. So what? What? So you came down to Charleston and you worked for an Italian uh, gun manufacturer. It sounds like you your niche was really in PR. Yeah. Is there any lessons in you know the field of PR that you use today in entrepreneurship? Well, I think just straightforward direct communication. I, I think I, I tend to be a touch more philosophical about things, but um, straightforward communication. Um, the written word, I'm not big on the social media in this thing, right? But the power of the written word, so I would argue that, the power of the written word. Your time in D.C., though, what was the, what were some of the lessons that you learned from operating in that circle that help you today? Wow. Um, well, back then, everybody was much more collegial <laughs> than mm-hmm. today, right? So I think that, that collegiality, but being firm, um, no, nothing underhanded, nothing behind the back. If they don't like it, they don't like it, but this is where I stand and this is how it is. So I would kind of go that way. And, uh, we're squ- switching gears now back to Andy. I want to go back to, uh, the story you told about your grandfather actually wouldn't hire you, um, which, uh, you know, you, you then have to go on to do other things. That moment I'm sure has stuck with you throughout your life. Um, talk a little bit about kind of what you learned. And probably what your grandfather was really trying to teach you. Well, it was that. actually my father. That oh, was your father. Yeah, my father. I don't know what he was trying to teach me, really. Um, <laughs> did he? I, and I want to know: Did he ever explain himself? What did you do that was so bad that deserved a beep, beep, beep? You didn't get the job. Bleep, bleep. So I, um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I don't know how you want to look at it. I mean, you don't want to ever change past. Um, my parents were divorced when I was early. Uh, very young, and uh, father moved to Austin, mother stayed in Fort Worth, um, and I was raised by my grandparents. Um, and so they, uh, my grandmother and grandfather came from uh, great backgrounds, Mother, grandmother from New York, grandfather from Indiana, was an incident in the Navy, and um, I think all my discipline came from the grandfather. Um, but my father probably thought, you know, hey, you're getting raised by my parents. I'm not doing much of this parenting thing right now because I'm trying to get my life going and whatever. And, um, you know, I guess probably I went in like a snot-nosed kid and probably did the interview the wrong way. And um, that's pretty much how he outlined it when he called me. He said, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep 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 and you didn't get the job and so you know and we discussed it a little bit further and you know it didn't much didn't really transpire after that um but i guess going back to what your question did did i see an entrepreneur type opportunity young 
maybe not so young, but I got to witness both my father and grandfather doing it, right? So they were at the helm of their companies uh, making big decisions. I would go to the office with them all the time. I'd get to see the maneuvers they were making. Got to become friends with all their staff. And um, I think maybe that rubbed off. If, if there was anything to rub off, that probably rubbed off. And didn't really realize this until, um, you know, the recession. And uh, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, I'm really kind of tired of working for somebody. Um, let's try to do this on our own. And we looked at the bank account and it was like, oh, my gosh. And uh, she said, well, if you're not going to do it now, you're probably never going to do it. So did it. And I did it with um, a, a former business partner that lasted about a year and a half got lucky to meet this guy um, in 2000, late 2009, early 2010. And um, that was pretty easy. I mean, we, we both got along real well, and here we are 10 years later. So walk us through that formation. You started Renew Urban before me? No, he, okay. no Mark, Mark had actually come up with the name Renew Urban, um, he was out on his own as well, and then we officially got together, and he said, you know, what do you think about this name? And I said, well, it's actually a good story. I'll keep yeah. it quick. Yeah. I knew his old business partner, and that old business partner would keep on me in social circles. We need to do a project together. We need to do a project together. I said, look, I got this restaurant we're going to do. I've never done a restaurant before. I could be over my head. Let's do this together. Well, that's when I met Andy. Well... Andy and I got along real well. Now, we've had our differences, and that's a very interesting conversation for the difficulty of partnerships. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, at the end of it, I said, well, I, I don't really want to be partners with the other guy. I want to have a beer with you. But, I, but I'll be partners with Andy. But I'd never really been a partner partner. I was always kind of, you know, it just wasn't my thing. But that's how we met. We did the co-restaurant, a wonderful little Vietnamese restaurant downtown Love it. together. Yes. And we problem solved. We had the same passion. Andy's got a ridiculous work ethic. And that ethic can overcome a lot. And Andy's ridiculously honest. So the, those two combinations, I was like, all right, let's do this together. And I thought that I could do more with him. And likewise, I think him with me than individually. And that was the decision to be partners which again, in like in business, sets up its own yeah. issues. Yeah. Right. And we're going to get a lot, I think, probably into that next week and dive into some of the bellows of the partnership and the business and kind of how things have gone since '09. I want to back up a little bit before you guys kind of came together uh, because we sort of missed a part of the story there of kind of what you were doing and how the two worlds collided. And I'm sure there's a few points in there that our listeners would like to hear about. <sighs> well, I don't. Ex the, the, you know, look, I, I got into construction as a necessity my mentor gentleman by milt name of milton dimitri recently passed away he owns dimitri jewelers downtown and i and i was gonna i was got my contract to do the hunley and i and uh, the beautiful 253 king street this limestone bow arts building i walked in there really knowing nothing and i went in looking at watches and i said what's upstairs and he said Nothing. Nothing's been up there since 40 years. And I'm like, would you show it to me? And this is the power of naivete, I guess. And I, and I said, would you show it to me? He showed it to me. It was beautiful, but nothing had been there. No electrical, no anything. 
I came back a week later and I actually used the word fix it up. I said, if, if, you, if I fix it up, will you let me make that into an office? He looked at me like, who is this kid? But. Uh, what you, year was this? Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to place. 1990. Okay. Late 90s? Yeah, late, okay. late, late 90s. Yeah. But little did I know, and this is where people come into your life and affect change, took me under his wing, showed me everything he knew. This guy single-handedly restored 18 Meeting Street, which is the Thomas Hayward Jr. house, signed of the Declaration of Independence, one of the most amazing houses in the city. So every day, I do my regular job, and then I would work from 2 to 11 o'clock at night restoring that damn bu- sorry, that building. And I fell in love, just fell in love with it and said, when this Hunley thing is over, I'm out, I'm going to do this. And made a sea change in life. And so that's, that's what brought me into construction. And then understanding, wow, the finance side of it. And oh my gosh, I've created something and it has value. And my lease is for 5000 a month, but now it's worth 15000 a month and it's worth, and it's 10 years long. I can monetize that. Oh my gosh. And so those seeds were like sown, like, you know, the control of your own destiny. Um, but you're not in totally control. You have people around you. And so that drove me, started doing other projects on my own. Right after the day after the Hunley was done, I was out. I was doing houses, doing this, doing that. With the help of Chuck Bennett, Chuck Bennett Contracting, my neighbor. He had the license at the time, and he brought me up and showed me what was going on. And, you know, he's old school, Charleston, lives over there in the Seabrook Mansion on in, in the old village. And that's that's the path that got me in construction to intersect with this guy who had been building ultra high-end homes um, on Kiwa Island and on Sullivan's Island. So it was this, he's really high-end, new construction, I'm old stuff. And so when we, when we, that, through that chance encounter, the two skill sets came together and have helped us build the company that we have now. And so, Andy, give us a little insight to sort of your upbringing through the construction side of things. All right, so I'll skip everything before college. Because <laughs> I didn't know anything before that, really anything constructive to tell you today. Um, so uh, after school, um, got hired by a buddy who did commercial catastrophe work, so insurance mitigation work. So um, commercial business or a residence would have a fire, a flood, an earthquake issue, Mold was really big in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. So I got my my uh, construction experience started there. Uh, I think it was also people experience. Um, you start dealing with so many different personalities, and you have to start figuring out how to keep your cool and not, you know, people are going to just really dress you down. And, uh, you know, you learn by mistakes. But anyway, so... That then meandered into um, production home building, um, and I had worked for David Weekly Homes. I had worked for Syntex Homes, Syntex first, then David Weekly. Had a great boss in Austin. Uh, he put us back through a construction management program through uh, Texas A&M, and um, that was really interesting. So, and then it started from there, and then. Um, uh, you know, I'm, my wife and I, so I, it took me out to California after that and uh, did some building in California, met my wife in California. She's an attorney, Robin. Hey, 
Um, you said shout out. Absolutely. So, um, and uh, California just wasn't really our thing. Uh, it was very expensive and uh, very crowded. And I was a Texas boy. I said, we got to get back to Texas. So we stayed in Texas for um, three years. And then she became pregnant. And she said, well, we're going to Charleston. I said, we are. And uh, she said, yep, we're going to Charleston. So uh, fortunately, David Weekly was already out here. So I was able to transfer and um, not in the greatest of circumstances, but uh, that was when basically the the uh, re- recession was about to start. So I was laid off uh, and then uh, found a job on Kiowa and um, stayed out there for three more years and uh, got laid off again. And um, that was it. And I was pretty much done, you know. So my construction experience was really from the very beginning. It started out in commercial catastrophe work, meandered into uh, production work. Then it got into high-end work. And then met this guy, and um, now we're doing super high-end stuff. So it's really fun. It's um, you enjoy coming to work every day. And and like you all mentioned, what a interesting aspect of the collision of a of sort of the commercial side of it, the residential side, old school, new school, all coming together to form certainly what you guys have, have brought together today. Um, unfortunately, we're about to run out of time, um, and we were just getting to the good part, right, where uh, the business starts to take off. And, and like you mentioned before, Mark, how the partnership works. And so when we come back next week, I'd love to dive into, obviously, a little bit more about the semantics. And as we do with all of our great guests, hear a little bit about some of the maybe um, adversities along the way. I'm sure it wasn't always just perfectly smooth along the way. And uh, we look forward to having that conversation next week. Again, um, gentlemen, thank you for your time today. Thanks for being here. we got Andy Mehouse and Mark Regalbuto from owners or owners of Renew Urban here in Charleston. Uh, again, you've been listening to Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 WSC. If you happen to miss one of our recent shows, simply go to our website at coastalwm.com. Click on the radio icon. And other ways they can reach out to us, Leslie? Yes. Find us on Facebook at Beyond the Business and also <clears throat> find us on Twitter at BTBCHS. And so to hear the second part of the show and story for Andy and Mark, simply tune next Saturday morning, 9 o'clock here on 94.3 WSC. And until then, Low Country. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.